Thank you for listening to the Reclaim Church podcast. We hope that this message is a blessing to your life. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX. Now please enjoy this message. The gospel is very confrontational. If you want to, if you want to live a gospel-driven, led life, then you will create enemies. There will be people who don't like you for what you believe in, who don't like you for what you stand for. And when, we, when we're gospel-believing Christians, there's tensions that arise in our life. Not only are there tensions, but there are risks that we need to take to fulfill our purpose with the Lord. If we're honest, we avoid risk and tension at all costs. I don't want to offend. I don't want to risk. I don't want to step out. But God, I want to serve you. If there was a way that we can serve God wholeheartedly without any risk or tension, wouldn't that be a little bit too easy? But the gospel is confrontational. It's comforting to those who are willing to believe. It's comforting to those who are humble at heart, who are willing to admit the sin in their lives. It brings comfort because I know that I am a sinner, and you're telling me in this gospel that there is a Savior and someone who can actually set me free from my sin and my bondage and my addiction. To them, it's good news. But to those full of pride who are unwilling to change their ways, to them it's confrontational. So the gospel within itself is good news, but if you refuse to believe it, if you refuse to accept it, it becomes confrontational to your life. But the gospel is something that we must learn to embrace, embrace risk and tension. It's okay to have those things in our life. Without risk and tension, we'll never be able to finish strong. You know what they say? They say, it's not how you start, it's how you... I'm going to say it again. We're going to repeat that, all right? It's not how you start, it's how you... I want to finish strong. I've been reading the the New Testament. I've been in in Paul's letters a lot. I I was reading 2 Timothy. And and as I was reading this, I've shared this with you many times um, kind of on a side note in some of the messages, but as I was reading this, it's like this inspiration just like rose up in me. And he says, for 2 Timothy 4, verse 6 through 8, he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. He's not talking about changing physical location. He's, this is it. I'm an old man now. I've done a lot of things. I've faced a lot of trials. I've, I've, I've handled risk. And I've handled tensions. And my departure is, is close. So he's writing to Timothy in the book of 2 Timothy. 1 Timothy, it was a very different Paul writing. Paul had sent Timothy to, to go help one of the churches because there was a lot of issues in that church as far as There was leaders creeping into the churches and teaching things that were not gospel. 
teaching things that were religious and, and were, were actually bringing people to bondage and not freedom. So he sends Timothy, he says, hey, I need you to go take care of that church. And that was the goal. But in 2 Timothy, Paul knows, I'm close. So in 2 Timothy, we see that Paul kind of changes the tone. He begins to give, he begins to invest. I'm going to write things to you to help you finish strong. So he's beginning to teach Timothy these things in the book of 2 Timothy because he knows it's close. And he says this, verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Timothy, I'm going to teach you some things. How to lead. How to embrace the risk and tensions that are inevitable when serving the Lord. And I'm going to teach you these things, but I have to tell you something, that my departure is close. And I want to tell you something that I, I may be ending my time on earth, but I want to say that I fought it. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I'm going to get to heaven, and I'm going to be given my crown by the Lord that I've been serving. It's this encouragement as he's giving his final words to Timothy. But Paul, what he's doing is he's investing into Timothy because there's much trust in that relationship. So he's investing. Timothy, my time is ending. I must teach you some things before I go. And what he's teaching, the, the, the challenges, is he's teaching Timothy again that risk and tension are inevitable. But how will you stand when they come? It's not if they come. It is when they come. And Timothy, how will you stand? Because Paul is sharing, well, I, I was able to do it, and I'm going to show you how. I'm going to teach you how. As, as I was reading this, Paul, Paul has this great testimony. He's, he's investing into this individual named Timothy, and he's telling him, I, I finished, man, I did it. Imagine how much peace you have on your deathbed when you know that you've done it. I finished the race. My question for myself, and I want you to ask yourself this as well, is what will my end look like? When everything is said and done, when my kids are raised and I have grandkids and, and who knows what life looks like after that, and it's all done, 15, 20, 25, 40 years from now, and I know that my departure is near, what will I be able to say? What will you be able to say? If your life, if you knew, if you saw the date, what would you change today? Where you know, I know that this isn't what God wants me to do. No, we're good, Siri. Thank you. Thank you, though. Appreciate that. Siri needs to get saved. Amen. Come on. Come on. Amen. Androids. James 4.14 says, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. That's, I, I don't know if I really like that verse. 
Because I feel like I'm going to be here for a while. All right? I feel like, man, there's a lot, of, a lot of things I can do, a lot of places I can visit, a lot of vacations I can take. There's a lot of things to do on earth. But the Bible's saying, hey, 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 you don't even know. You, you, don't, you don't even know what tomorrow holds. You may have it in your calendar, but you don't control the rising of the sun. You don't control the breath in your lungs. That is not something that we know. Life is a vapor. It goes by like that. Now, I'm not old by any, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I actually am turning 30 this week, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> my wife says I'm old, man. She's... You guys need to pray for her. She needs prayer. But my daughter, uh, on the 7th, just turned 4. And I know some, some of us are like, well, yeah, my kids are like in their 20s. I get it, I get it. We're not talking about you right now, though, okay? My daughter just turned 4. And to me, I'm like, I feel like she's still a little baby that can just talk, right? That can do a lot of stuff that you know, makes our life easier. She keeps the restroom. But I'm like, that time went by like that. My son's in school. Oh, like, What? I feel like I'm 20. Like, and then I look at my kids, and they're little toddlers now. Like, what in the world? Time goes by like that. Day by day. We're always looking forward to what's next. What's, what's the next big thing? Where, where am I going to visit? Where am I going to travel? What am I going to do? No, 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 no. Time goes by like that. It's a vapor. And at the end of your days, will you be able to say, Fought the good fight. I fought it. I did it. I finished the race. Or will we look back and say, I wish I would have. Because I guarantee on that deathbed, there's going to be people flashing in your mind. I could have helped them. I could have made a bigger difference. I could have done more. Is our, are we going to be able to say, I fought and I finished, or I wish that I would have? We're going to, on our deathbed, what can we say? Can I say, I gave it my all. I did my best. I, I surrendered my life for the cause of the gospel. Or will we say, I was a church-going person? At the end of our life, what will we say? Maybe like, man, can we, listen guys, this is encouraging, all right? Because what I'm saying is that you have potential, that there's more to our life than just going to sleep, waking up, going to work. Yeah, I'm challenging you, pushing you a little bit so that you can, maybe some of us will wake up today and say, man, I've been asleep for so long and I didn't even know I was sleeping. Maybe it's time to get off, get off that spiritual slumber and pick up your Bible, get into the prayer room. Listen, I know, I know this sounds a little bit challenging, but I'm encouraging you. Fight the good fight. Embrace the risk and the tension. Embrace it. Oh, man, I'm not trying to offend somebody, but you know what? It's a little, I mean, if I do it, I must be doing something right. Because if I recall, Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you too. We're trying too hard for, well, listen, can I say something? Hold on, hold on. We are trying so hard to get the world to love us. That the church will do anything to look like it. He said, 
They hate me. And they'll hate you too. The risk and the tension. Embracing it. I don't, I don't, I don't want us. No, 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 no. I can't say that because I shh, don't say, don't say anything. Because you just might bother somebody. Now, I'm not for social media debates. I don't like to do that. I feel like it's sometimes a waste of time. But I will not have someone sit down with me and try to convince me that the, what the Bible says is wrong. I will not sit with somebody and let them feel comfortable in their sin. I'd rather be hated for speaking the truth than loved for, for preaching a lie. I'd rather, what, I think I, I'm going to mess up this, my brother's quote, I'm going to mess it up. So if you're watching, forgive me. He says, I'd rather offend people into heaven than comfort people into hell. The risk and the tension. The risk and the tension is what Paul is teaching Timothy. It's what the scripture is teaching us, that when you follow Christ, there's going to be risk and there's going to be tension. But can I say that kind of sounds exciting a little bit? But there's a price to be paid. Paul is encouraging Timothy, don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. He's encouraging him. He says, stir up the gifts that you've been given. Stir up those gifts. Because Paul knew that in order for Timothy to finish that race, he had to give it everything he had. We can never, we, we will never be able to hold the weight of the risk and tension unless we've surrendered everything else. He's encouraging him. If you want to make it, it's going to take everything. We, we, have, we have what we've done with the gospel. And we've made it so comfortable. We've made it so comfortable. Oh, just, just come and say a little prayer. And then when you say that prayer, yes, yes, I believe in prayer. And I believe in being saved by faith. But true salvation changes the nature of who we are. So there is no way that we can be a saved Christian following Christ and live in sin and be comfortable in it. It's no way. We must surrender we have to say i need to give it my all my everything i can't be in and out anymore i can't say maybe maybe today maybe tomorrow maybe no 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 it has to be everything and again i'm preaching to myself you guys could take what you want with this message i'm just trying to encourage my you know they say i want to encourage my soul or i'm encourage my i'm just encouraging myself i need to give god i know I gotta give him, I gotta give some more. Second Timothy 2, verse 1 through 7, he says, Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also if anyone competes in athletics, 
He is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I am saying, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. He says, no one engaged in warfare entangles with the things of the world. No one engaged in warfare entangles with the things of the world. When we're fighting this fight, sometimes we're allowed, we open the door for sabotage. We're allowing the enemy. We're we're over here trying to live for God. At the same time, we're opening doors and windows and saying, come on in, man. They're like, it's cool. Come on in. This relationship, come on, come on, come on, come on. These, these things that I'm watching, the money that I'm spending, the way that I'm investing my time, come on, come on. We're allowing sabotage to come as we're trying to fight a war. We're opening the door to the enemy, and he's saying, no, 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 no. Listen, Timothy, I've done it. I fought it. I've made it. And i got to tell you something, that anybody who's engaging in this war cannot be entangled with the things of the world. You have to separate from those things. Ask God, what is in my life? That is, that is bringing sabotage upon me? What is in my life that is, that is hindering my victory after victory? God, what is in my life that is keeping me from serving you with everything I've got? But when you ask and be ready to give it up, it's embracing. That's risky. But I've invested so much time into this relationship, God, and you're telling me to give it up? Yeah. But, but I've, I, 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 this is risky, God. If I give this money, God, you're telling me? Yes. Yeah. God, what, are you sure? Yes. Because there's risk and there's tension. Embrace it. Because there, we will encounter suffering. There will be elements of those things of risk and tension. But we're, we must endure through these seasons. Endure through these times. Just like Jesus. Jesus is the prime example. He's the standard. Jesus, man, he caused a lot of tension. A lot of, a lot of religious people mad at Jesus for a long time. He caused tension because he would sit with a woman and say, bring your husband. Oh, I don't have a husband. That's right. <laughs> no, you don't. Because you've had a few. And the one who, who you're with now, and now you're married to, risk tension. Jesus went through these things. He suffered. He suffered. He was, he was brutally beaten. He was, he was really disrespected, dishonored. But he went through it. He endured this season. So we too must learn to embrace the challenge. If Jesus did it, then I can too. If he went through it, then why shouldn't I? If he was fully obedient to God, to God why can't I be? He, he gives us the full power to say yes to God every single day. Jesus did it so I could. Embracing the challenge. But why? Why do we do this? Why do we embrace? There's so much 
there's so much, there's a lot of risk and there's a lot of confrontation. There's a lot of tension that, that could arise when we, when we choose to finally stand up for what's right and stop bending to the world. You know, when we grow a little bit of a backbone. But I'll stand. I'll stand. I'll stand. I love you. I love you. But I've got to stand for what's right. Why? Why put ourselves through these things? Why did Paul go through all of this? Jail after prison after prison after prison. Beaten. Hated by people in the church. Abandoned by those he thought would stick with him. Why? What was Paul's constant motivation? 2 Timothy 4.17 But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached. I endure... He's teaching us. He's teaching us something. One, when everybody left me, I was never really alone. Because Jesus stood with me. And the reason I do this, Timothy, the reason I press in, the reason I, I, I push, and the reason I endure is because there's a message that has to get, that has to get out. There's a message that I have in my heart that it needs to go on. Somebody needs to hear this message. And so, Timothy, I endure all this. I go through everything that I've gone through. This fight that I'm talking about, the race that I finished, I finished it for one reason, to get the message across. So that somebody, somewhere, would hear this good news that I've been preaching, that I've given my life for, and when they hear it, their life would be completely changed. So why do we do this? Because there is still a message that has to be preached. There is still this gospel message. Do we even believe in what the Bible says? Do we even believe in what the gospel is? There has to be. There has to be somebody who would keep this message going. So he laid it all out. Everything. Paul, he had a lot, laid it all down. What does he say? He says, everything I had, I count it as dung compared to the knowing. This message, it was something that was in him. What is this gospel that we talk about? It was that God himself, eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing God, creator of the universe, creator of the world that we live in, breathe life. This God that could have easily wiped us out because of sin, but instead showed us mercy by sending his son. So Jesus comes down to the earth in the most humble form as a baby, he grows up as a man, has three years of ministry, and then dies for us. He died so that our sin would be forgiven, so that our sins would be covered, so that we can know him. 
He didn't have to do that. But it was his love for us. So what is this gospel message? Can I ask you something? Has the gospel really changed your life? Can you come? Has the gospel really changed you? Now I'm not just saying, oh yeah, I'm a good person now and I've got a nice routine of Sundays going. I don't, you know. No, no, no. Has the gospel completely changed your life? Because this is the message that Paul died for. Imagine that. I'm no theologian or Bible scholar or historian. But my guess is that Paul lived a long, long, long time ago. And that same gospel message that he preached is still being preached today. This is the message he died for. But I think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something, okay? And I don't mean to bother anybody. We're, me and Greg were out, out to coffee the other day and just talking about a lot of stuff. And, and I said, I said, I think the gospel doesn't really mean that much to some because we don't understand the true weight of our sin. We don't know how truly, how truly sinful we are. Again, this isn't a popular message anymore. Because we want to come to church and hear, oh, you're, you're just as you are. You're good enough. Can, I'm gonna, without Christ, I'm not good enough. Now, I know every, you know, you could hear people say, wow, how could you preach that? What about our self-esteem? What about our, you know, our, our, our we got to encourage, her. I get all that, I get all that. I'm not saying you're, you don't have any dignity. You're created in the image of God. You have enough dignity and worth that he would actually pay the price for you. But I think we, we don't understand the full weight of our sin. And so when we hear this message, it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm a believer. But until we fully grasp the significance and the weight of the cross, we will never be able to embrace the risk and the tension with, that comes with following him. Because if we never really grasp the weight of the cross and the weight of our sin, then we will never fully understand full surrender. So yes, is this message a little bit tough? Maybe. But when you're lying on your deathbed, at the end of your days, will you be able to say, I fought the good fight. I finished. I've done it. Or will you say, I wish that I would have. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX or check us out on our website, ReclaimChurchTX.com. Thank you for listening.